We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, here we go. It's a red Friday in Kansas City right before the postseason gets underway. A special playoff edition of Red Friday. Looking forward to it over the next four hours. Going to be having a lot of fun today. We've got Club 610 in the 1 o'clock hour. Jay Binkley going to be in studio. We're going to have some beers today, actually. Bink in studio. Why not have some beers? Looking forward to that. Thinking of beer tonight. Playoff Pilsner beer release party out at Cinder Block Brewery. Our third year of doing this. Entire 610 crew is going to be out there. Dusty will be doing his show. You can see him do his thing out there for after hours. We're going to have a great food truck out there as well. And uh, looking forward to seeing all of you there uh, this evening. And Red Fridays, you know, are brought to you by ComCare. Call or text 988 for 24-7 mental health support. We know once again, here we are. Uh, it looks like as the show is going to go on, the weather is going to get worse uh, during the show and then hopefully clear up uh, for this evening. But uh, some flurries out there. Be safe if you are already driving. And I guess this is when you know you're, you're getting older. Do, did we get off this many days for school? Back back in our day. I don't remember. The, there have been a couple of soft ones this okay, week, I okay. would say. This, the Wednesday one was really egregious, okay. I think. <laughs> yeah. Today's... There was some um, in some parts of town. The roads were very icy. I did not experience that, but I guess I, I did see uh, there was multiple areas. What they closed down I seventy for a little while overnight. So I mean, look, it better safe than sorry, right? I yeah, have no I'm problem not, with I'm, that. I'm not saying there were no problems. I'm just saying for for me, um, I didn't feel like it was all that bad <laughs> when I was coming in. But also, that's probably just because the kids have been off all all week. So I don't know. Did you guys get delays? Sorry, or was it only closings? Delays? Are, what do you mean? Delays like, like two-hour delays. Oh, oh, oh! Like when we were in school, yeah. it was close. We never did the delay start thing. That we was were, never a thing. We it were was, always delays. It, it was usually it was either you're going or it was the school day was canceled or whatever. Yeah, that that uh, I am glad to see. I think you brought this up, Cody, a couple of years ago uh, during COVID. You're like, man, now that we have like the ability to do Zoom and virtual stuff, you're like, hopefully kids still get school, you know, snow days in the future. Now that we know technically they could just make them hop on a virtual thing. I'm glad to see that they are still just doing the old school snow day, though. Uh, well, we were warned that the next oh. one will be virtual learning. Well, day. you reach a limit, right? Or um, then you get in danger of having to extend the school year. If you, you don't, don't they allocate certain amount of? Have we already reached that? It's only been like three days of snow. Well, I don't know. I don't remember okay. how many the original number was, but they're pretty much saying you're already at it. I don't know what to tell you. How do parents do this? Like, no joke. Like, you, uh, you had about a 50 50 shot of me coming in today. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, because like, because the yeah. parental responsibility uh, of both of that's us what I'm wondering. having well, to take this on. I'm thinking of, yeah, like the, the basically the daycare aspect of it. And, and then also, even if you work from home, in let's say you've got Zoom meetings with your boss and work, but your kids are at home and they're going nuts in the background. Like, Props to the parents, okay? Props to the parents because I, I, I do think that's a pain in the ass when last minute yeah. you find out. At least I guess we get more notice 
now than we used to. Because, again, back in our day, uh, you, fa- you had to wake up at like 5.15 in the morning, 3.30, and look at the TV and see if your school scrolled across. And for me, I was waiting till I got to the O's. So you'd be waiting a little while. Now you find out the night before or it's on Twitter or there's some alert. So there was it was the night before twice this week. This one, Gold, wasn't until 5.45 in the morning. Okay. I saw that, you know, like, you know, you're, I was close enough to like a normal wake up time anyway, that when the phone starts buzzing, because they not just send you a text, like the, te- the school sends you a text, then you get an email, then you get an email from the teacher. Then I got an email from my son's preschool. Then I got a text from the son's preschool's app. And I'm like, all right, I get it. There's no school. <laughs> I just want to make sure man. 80 texts later. We're clear. I-, I got it. My kids won't be at school today. Understood. But dude, it is uh it's a it's a bit of a challenge. Yeah, no, I hear you. For the parents I, who got to work at home props. and then do it later, that's a mess. Like I said props to the parents and, and again anybody that has to work out in this weather as now we're going to start seeing the real nosedive uh, temperature wise. You guys can always hit us up 913-586-7610. That's the Jays Southland Toe Service text line. So let's get right into it though. You take a look at this Chiefs Dolphins game and also the other teams that we perceive to be contenders in the AFC and there's been a lot of discussion this week not only about the weather but all right like the Dolphins they were one in five against playoff teams and I, I pointed out their one in five to me, Cody, is a little bit different than the Chiefs one in four, not just because it's one more loss, but you dive deeper. They were negative 91 points scoring differential. The Dolphins were and one in five against playoff teams. The Chiefs one in four against playoff teams, not a good record, minus nine. There's a difference there. But now on the opposite end, your, your mic, I think, is on, on the opposite I'm side. I'm trying to argue that there's a difference. On the opposite side, there's also teams like the Bills and Ravens, Cody, where their playoff record is. Very impressive, like a five and one Bills record and a six and three Ravens record. So I was trying to think about this more because someone had asked me, hey, what is your concern level with that? Right. The fact that because I think people were trying to throw that Miami one around like that. That was the only team that was bad against playoff teams. I'm like, "Uh, I got bad news for you. Have you looked at the Chiefs playoff record? Because it it's not good. Now, like you said, when you start diving further down into the depths, you realize that Kansas City's were actually a lot closer than that. That it wasn't just as simple as, oh, Kansas City was bad against playoff teams, so was Miami. The score differential is massive, as in 10 times more for Miami than for the Chiefs. Chiefs are losing by an average of like 2.2 points per game in their playoff team losses in the regular season. Miami's losing by an average of like 15. All right, they're 20. There's a massive difference between those two. I think what I did in this exercise was, yeah, it should actually concern us. You know why it should concern us? Not because they're better than Miami. Just I didn't realize how good how good the Ravens The Ravens one is impressive. And man. look, it's a couple of games really skewing that thing where they absolutely buried Miami by like 37 and wrecked the Lions. And re- like, I get it, but they have taken to the woodshed three different playoff teams that are honestly pretty good teams not just the kind of playoff teams where it's like oh good for them they got the Steelers by 47 no they took it to some teams that are actually pretty competitive they're one of the reasons why Miami's is so low so yeah it does concern me but it concerns me more for the future of the playoffs than yeah. it does for this game if correct that makes yeah sense. I mean the, the playoff record of the Bills and Ravens has zero bearing on you until you actually 
duh, play them. And this weekend, you're playing the Dolphins, who are one in five against playoff teams, and their scoring differential is just so bad. And then we get into the other elements of this game, literally the elements outside, but also the fact that this is a Dolphins team that is very, very banged up health-wise. Yeah, we'll worry about the, the Bills when the Chiefs handle the Dolphins. We'll worry, worry about that discussion. We'll have all next week, if we're fortunate enough to have that luxury to talk about a divisional round playoff game against the Buffalo Bills. And I certainly am not worried about the Ravens yet. That is two weeks away if if that actually ends up happening for both sides. Both Baltimore has to handle business, and, and the Chiefs, of course, have to handle business twice before the Ravens even become a factor for Kansas City. And look, when you get to an AFC title game, you're playing a damn good team. That's just <laughs> that's usually how this goes. The teams don't just luck in, into it usually. Sure, and I feel a little bit different because at least Kansas City's is not – like I feel, if this makes sense, I'm more worried about the Ravens, but I don't feel worse about the Chiefs, right? Because from the Chiefs' perspective, look, I can look at it. I get it. They're 1-4 and four in those playoff games. The games that they lost against the playoff teams, those are the, the the ones we've talked about all damn year. It's Tony lining up offside. It's Tony dropping a pass that led to an interception. Like, I can walk you through the playoff games. All those ones where we're like, Kansas City could have had the one seed if they could have avoided the catastrophic mistake. Guess what those were? The games against the playoff teams, which kind of comes back to that same circle argument that we've had, which is you and I both know something we can't count on because they've never done it this year, but it's also simultaneously true, which is if the Chiefs can go through this postseason run, including this game tomorrow against Miami without mistakes, guess what they'll do, Gold? They'll be in the AFC title game again, or they'll have a chance to win a Super Bowl again. Our scary part is, is that they made a mistake in a lot of those games. That's why they lost by us, you know, by two points. And they've yet to be able to correct those mistakes at any point this season. Coming up in 20 minutes, we'll be joined by NFL Network reporter James Palmer. Talk things uh, about the talk a lot about the, the Chiefs, but all things NFL, because we know the news today that Gerard Mayo, the next head coach, very quickly already announced the next head coach of the New no England time with that, Patriots. They? they clearly already had a plan in place uh, when and whenever that day was, and it turned out to be yesterday, whenever Bill Belichick and the Patriots were going to part ways. So Gerard Mayo, uh, what does that mean for the AFC, the AFC East, and where does he see Bill Belichick landing? We'll get into all that with James Palmer coming up in 20 minutes or so. If you're wondering about the stream, the camera froze up. I was uh, having a problem. Cody's working on that right now, so it should be up soon, hopefully, up on now. Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and couple people on the text line were asking about that. Towards the end of the show yesterday, though, uh, we, we heard Travis Kelsey talk, and it was about retirement, right? And he was pretty adamant, along with Andy Reid, by the way, that, you know, a Andy Reid said it in a different way, basically like, hey, I know you're asking about retirement because I'm old, but I'm not that old. Uh, that was his way, I think, of, of you know, putting that squashing, to bed. Yeah, yeah. Squashing it. Yeah, and, sure. and, and then Travis Kelsey was like, doesn't everybody kind of think about retirement? But then he talked about how much he loves playing and, like, this is what he wants to do. Travis Kelsey not playing last week. I said it, I think, on Monday or Tuesday. I'm really excited to see him tomorrow night because I think he's the guy that benefited the most from essentially having a bye week last week against the Chargers more than other guys that were nicked up. Like, no, you're wrong. Pacheco has had shoulder problems. It was beneficial for him. Sure. Legereus Sneed, beneficial. But, man, when you're at the age that Travis Kelsey is, when you've had double teams throughout the entire season. You're just beat up. He even acknowledged after last year's season that he was more beat up that year than he had in a while. Well, now he's a year older. Uh, he still came very close to a thousand yards. Like I do believe that week off is going to bring us the Travis Kelsey that we expect to see in the playoffs, a fresh and healthy Kelsey. I'm actually expecting big things tomorrow night from Travis Kelsey. 
And that's why I think who was it we had on yesterday that mentioned uh, uh, Channing Crowder that Channing Crowder that said he was bet his mortgage 50, on, on the over. Yeah, I'm certainly not advocating that, but his total is only 55 and a half receiving yards. I do think that's a steal because the numbers have been suppressed because they haven't been there recently for Kelsey. I think we're getting it at an amazing number for Travis Kelsey on a betting angle, but just from a if you're not even a better. What do you expect from Kelsey? I actually expect a lot from him tomorrow night, and I think he's going to have a really nice game. I love this because Travis Kelsey lately has not been playing particularly good football. This has been kind of one of the slower stretches in his career. He's had some drops near the end zone. He's not getting the yardage or catches that we're quite used to. And then, yeah, it has seemed, as you pointed out, that maybe he's been a little more dinged up than we're accustomed to. But as a reminder for what Travis Kelsey has been in the postseason, it is fantastic. Six catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown in the win against Philly. Seven for 78, a touchdown, win against Cincinnati. 14 for 98, and two touchdowns against Jacksonville. That's just last postseason. The one before, 10, 8, and 5 catches. 108, 96, and 95 yards, and a touchdown in all three of them. The postseason before that, and then I'll stop going further back. Eight for 109 and a touchdown. 13 for 118 and two, and 10 for 133. I'll be honest with you. If we don't see old Kelsey, that's might maybe the first time that I've oh. ever admitted wow. a little bit of a slowdown for the man. Now, I still think that part of the reason he has had a bit of a quieter season this year is because the Chiefs for nine weeks, no defense had to focus on a single other play on this team for half a year. And I think when you do that and he has to take this regular beating and there's no way to just like operate inside your normal confines, that's going to ding you a little bit. But I'm with you. I think I was thinking about this game for Kelsey. Like, what do I expect from me? Got a week off. He's been a tremendous playoff performer. I expect big things. I expect a big game out of Travis Kelsey as in 70, 80, 90 yards in a score, oh, right? Yeah. Maybe more than that, depending on the weather and the wind and all this other nonsense we're going to have to deal with. But I anticipate Travis Kelsey doing something big. Yeah. To me, the only way we actually don't see him have 60 plus yards receiving is if the weather is that bad and we know temperature wise it is, but the wind is what impacts throwing more than just the temperature solely. Yeah, it might be, and, it might be cold to play, but it wouldn't necessarily stop you from playing. Well, and if it is a game though, like there's a chance that it's hard for you to get over 60 because maybe it's just one of those games where you're not passing much. And Mahomes ends up with only like 180 or 200 yards, but they ran the ball for 180 on the ground. Yeah. Like who knows, right? Whatever formula works. I told you, I have no problem. If, if the chiefs say, you know what? We're going to run the ball 25, 30 times. I have no problem. I actually think that's a formula for success tomorrow. And I think the Dolphins are probably saying the same thing. A formula for their success is I'd probably running the ball 30 times against this Chiefs defense, a combination of Mostert and A-Chan and Jeff Wilson. Like, I think both teams will have success if they want to, or if they're they're dedicated enough, I should say, to running the football. But 55 just seems like a very doable number from just Kelsey's receiving over under. And I think it's gone up a little bit since then, Cody. I think it's like 57 or something as everybody's looking at it the same way saying, wait a second, this normally we're used to seeing Kelsey's numbers in the eighties. Uh, but yeah, look, that's a has, low number. For it's him. because as you said, the last five weeks ish, uh, there hasn't been the huge breakout performance. And that speaks to the rest of the offense. And you know, if you're an opponent, you're going to make sure Travis Kelsey doesn't beat you because you're not as fearful of everybody else. Like, who could blame him? Who's going to stretch the field? Who are you fearful of? They can take deep shots in the MVS can oh. get open, but he hasn't been catching the football. Hasn't had a touchdown since November. November 20th against the Eagles was the last time he put himself in the end zone. In December, his stat lines were four for 81. Fine. Six for 83. Pretty good, right? Okay. Five for 28, five for 44, and three for 16. He's straight up not been good. Last three weeks. He has not been good. He has not played good football. And when you start looking at, you know, what he's done this season, we understand how his stat line ended up low. But in the early part of the year, 
it was looking a little different than that. He was still getting in the end zone. He had a touchdown for the first six games. It seemed like he was rolling into traditional Travis Kelsey. We're all good here. And then it slowed down. But I still don't anticipate him not being a big factor here, partially because they don't win. They're not winning a lot of playoff games without Travis. He has been the second most important player during all of these runs. And I understand what Frank Clark has done and Chris Jones and all these other players have done for the Chiefs. Travis Kelsey has been a staple of both Super Bowl runs, as in he's just been in the end zone and unguardable for both for both the Super Bowl runs. So if they're going on that again, I guess I just have to anticipate Kelsey still got it. Right. I mean, I think we probably all agree that if this team were to go on a run and end up in an AFC title game or even the Super Bowl, Travis Kelsey has to be <laughs> a huge part of that. It's like very obvious. I, I, I don't believe the stat line that you just read for the last couple weeks. There's no way that can be the stat line. And this team wins three games in a row. There's no, just, sorry, maybe there's, against Miami. Cause again, yeah, I think this yeah. game's a little different, but, but he, they, they can't get to the AFC title game or a Super Bowl without Travis Kelsey being Travis Kelsey for at least one, if not two of the games. And I just think that's pretty straightforward. I don't, I don't know how you can really have an argument the other way. And yeah, I'm with you for tomorrow. Maybe a little different weather. I also just think they're flat out better than the Dolphins. I just really do, especially with the banged up Dolphins team. And I do think this Chiefs defense uh, has shown already once this year that they're capable of slowing down that passing attack. If the Dolphins do try to pass, the run is where the Chiefs will be susceptible. And that's where I'll be curious to see what does Spags have up his sleeve knowing that this is a Dolphins team that is most likely going to lean heavily on the running. It's just like anyone else. I mean, especially because the way the Chiefs are built this year, they cannot, like most teams, they can't afford to get behind. Um, And we know that. I mean, rushing yards allowed per game, 18th in the NFL is what the Chiefs are. And a lot of that comes from because teams know they can't take advantage in the air. They're one of the best passing defense teams in the entire league, which means Miami probably will take a shot at running the ball against them. But, you know, most are still questionable. We don't know for sure that Mostert's going to play. We don't know for sure that Waddle's going to play. And you mentioned all the defensive in- injuries. So that's the case. But that's that's where Kelsey becomes so, you know, that's where he becomes so vital for this team. I, I really know who they are defensively. I don't even think there's much of a mystery. Yeah, they can be had a little bit in the running game. But I'll tell you right now, we've talked about this in the NFL for a lot. It is hard to just run your way straight through a playoff victory. Maybe, maybe one, but you can't just like go through a playoff and be like, we're going to be a running team, you know, like it's not hard for three to games, do. but for one game, I think you can. And in that, and in factor the, in the, the type of weather where we're looking at, you know, there's a chance it's going to be the second coldest game, if not third coldest game in NFL history from a temp perspective. And then the wind show, we know all the estimates out there, anywhere from negative 20 to negative 30. And What's then, the verdict? It's your birthday, by the way. So happy birthday to Alex. If you, you want to tell him I, happy birthday. I appreciate that. Um, are you going to the Chiefs game? Is, did someone offer you tickets for your birthday and yeah, you're going to be yeah. out there tomorrow told, freezing like everyone else? I told you I was I was offered earlier in the week tickets and I did turn those down. I, I was going to take my mom, turn them down. And then I said yesterday there was a chance that suddenly maybe some club level tickets became available. Uh, and that changed my opinion a little bit because, you know, you can go inside and, you know, it changes it. That's not happening. So, no, I'm not going to the Chiefs game tomorrow night, barring a complete 180 all of a sudden. Um, no, I am not going. I'm going to be nice and warm. Props to those that are going to make in it out there. In your living room? I, I, I secretly, and not so secret, I'm about to say it on the radio, I guess, but kind of glad those club tickets weren't truly given to me because I would have been so, I would have had to go. So they were like, hey, if I don't sell them, you can have them. That's what it was, yes. And then you would have been like, well, I can't turn these so now, down. So now the option's been taken off the table for me. I don't, I'm not even tempted to do it. Because you know what I mean. I'm not, you I'm not paying for tickets. If you'd been like, "Hey, don't sell them, I'll go." 
Would, would they have been yours? Uh, I wouldn't have done that though. Cause they're not, it's not my, you know, it's not no, my I place understand. to do that. I hear what I see what you're saying. I'm just I, asking if you had gone that way, be like, Hey, Hey, are you sure, man? I'll go. It's not a big deal. Well, I even told him I, I, I text. We're talking about my, I can just say my brother lost. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> yeah. There's no reason to yeah. hide yeah. the source of these at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like a, a day ago when I found out there's a chance, I said, honestly, I kind of hope you sell them. <laughs> I did say that in a text. <laughs> I really did. And I, and I truly mean face. that because it takes any, like, because if you if you gave me club tickets, I'm not turning them. I'm not turning them down. And so then I am going to be like, nice to know you that. haven't. You're, you're not too big of an elitist <laughs> no. to be that yet, Drew. You know, <laughs> Drew's not out here turning down regular tickets. But it's good to know you're not too big of an elitist that if somebody said, "Here's free club tickets," yeah. that you're like, "No, I think I'm good." Yeah, Thanks. no. I mean, I I, I have to. I, w- I was looking. We were all looking before the game or before the show about the game ticket prices. You can get upper level tickets with fees at one of the brokers for about 68 bucks. You can get lower level for with fees about 88 and you can get club, which normally club for a playoff game, you know, is $900 yeah. at least 280 just tells you the, the nose. Die. I mean, it's going to, it's going to be awful tomorrow you know, night. Talking about all this club stuff's getting me excited again. It reminds me that because the chiefs beat the jets earlier this year, Oh yeah! This show's going to sit in the crowd seats. Compliments of Vinny. We do get those and we will not be picking a game where it's cold. No. Well, I mean, I, I, that's why we've got to avoid early. We can't be choosing an April. Like we can't be choosing an April game. We got to be thinking like May or June. We got to risk a little too hot to avoid the cold weather. Don't we? Yeah. You don't want to go in July. Now, look, if the team is competitive, there's something to be said for, for September for a playoff push crowd club tickets uh, before the playoffs. Anyway, we'll, we got plenty of time. I mean, we don't want to like, ruin, you know, we don't want to break Vinny's bank either. We don't have to get greedy. Well, I, didn't, about I didn't say playoffs. I, I said, you know, in August or something. Anyway, someone says, does this mean I'm going on a weekend birthday bender or how many shots are we doing tonight? Well, yeah, if, if, if birthday you, shots, if you want to do a shot tonight at center block brewery, then I, I will do again limit. I mean, we're not the first person that uh, offers the, <laughs> you're not taking 10 shots. Yeah, the, fir- the first person I do have to work tomorrow morning. Still the first person, person that uh that offers a shot i will gladly take you up on that i appreciate that the uh, closest uh in terms of ticket uh prices is the philly and tampa game uh they yeah what's up with that it's in, what's the story there people are just down on philly 238 is, is the average the ticket the most expensive ticket is it because eagles fans aren't traveling or like if i'm a tampa bay bucks fan i know you you probably realize if you're a bucks fan you're not your team's not going on a playoff run per se but your team surprisingly won the division. Baker's fun to watch. Why the hell would you? It's nice weather, I presume. I don't even have to look at the weather. I'm guessing it's Tampa nice. Tampa Bay is probably fine. Why I mean, it's not you, bad weather. Why would you not? Or is it just a bunch of retirees? That Tampa just is supposed to be 70. Or no, <laughs> no. Okay. They, they, they apply nice. on Sunday, correct? Monday night. Monday night. Monday night. 73 is the high. 54 is the low. <laughs> Cloudy. I'll say Come this. Oh, my. It, it is a little hard to get hyped up for a Baker Mayfield playoff game. But if you're a Bucks fan and you live in Tampa, how are you? You know, I don't. Maybe there's so many Bucks fans. I don't know. How do you Again, I think there's a lot of retirees that live in Tampa. That is that's bizarre. I wonder if it's because Eagles fans aren't traveling because they're really down. some of it's definitely that they are completely they have buried their team. They the think they've got zero point zero zero. I'm not the Bills. Chance. Look, the Bills have great fans. Say what we will about if, Buffalo. I'm not surprised by that. Bill, the Bills, is yeah, miserable. I mean, Bills fans are phenomenal. And, and they don't have like the other thing about Kansas City before Bills fans are like, well, our tickets are still more expensive. And it's supposed to be 12 feet <laughs> of snow. Get a Super Bowl title, uh, host five <laughs> straight AFC title games. And then we'll talk about whether yes. or not your team feels like skipping a playoff game. OK, all right. Chiefs fans have earned the right to be like, ooh, do I want to sit out in negative 30-degree wind chill? They might just be in the AFC title game again either now or later, right? There, there's, mean, there's, definitely no the spoiled, there's definitely the spoiled aspect, right, which is 
that if this was the Chiefs' yeah. first playoff game in a decade, we're having a completely different tickets still ticket, be pricier. ticket price conversation. You know, it, yeah, there's there's definitely the spoiled nature of five straight AFC title games and knowing that, like, there'll be another playoff game, you know, versus some of these other cities. You don't know exactly. for sure your team's hosting a playoff game next year. If you're in Kansas City, you're spoiled enough to be like, yeah, I'll hit the next one. That's where we're at. <laughs> i get you next time. It's fine. All right. Coming up next, though, let's get a national perspective, not only on Chiefs Dolphins, but the news out of New England. Belichick is likely to end up somewhere else coaching in the next week or so, but the Patriots have already hired their new head coach. James Palmer of NFL Network stops by next. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. All right, just getting started on a Red Friday. Cody and Gold here. We'll get to some comments from Tyreek Hill. Stirring the pot a little bit. I love it, though. I love it. We'll get to his comments in just a couple of minutes. But let's go out to the 610 hotline and continue our NFL playoff coverage with one of the best NFL reporters, James Palmer from NFL Network. You, of course, can catch him on NFL Network's game day morning Saturday at 11 a.m. James, it's great to have you on the show. We'll get to the Chiefs-Dolphins in just a second, but I'm curious what you make of the news out of New England. Not only Bill Belichick parting ways yesterday with the organization, but so quickly, seemingly the Patriots had this plan for a while with Gerard Mayo as their next head coach. Yeah, they really did. Guys, thanks for having me. It, you know, Ian Rappaport, my colleague, it, it was all over this last night. And, and it's funny because this is what we were hearing, I don't know, a year ago, a little bit more, when these new contracts were, were, were put into place there. And then now with Ian kind of reporting that that was the specific language in Gerard Mayo's contract, um, we all knew that he was kind of in the succession plan. We heard rumblings that the contracts were orchestrated in a manner in which he would take over whenever this would happen parting ways with Bill Belichick, but them being allowed to move as quickly as they did and to move as diligently as they did, though, even with Mike Brabel, another member of, let's just say it, the family uh, available, um, I think that actually shows you how confident they are in Gerard Mayo. I, I mean, because with Brabel becoming available, that kind of really threw a little monkey wrench in what everybody was thinking. Now, do they take a chance at one of the better head coaches in the NFL? Because I think we all can agree that Mike is that. And when they made this plan with Gerard Mayo, that you know, they didn't think one of the better coaches in the NFL and a guy that's in their Hall of Fame in Mike Brabel would be available. But it shows you as quickly as they moved and that everything was in place that they still believe that Gerard Mayo is the right candidate. And, and I'll say this, talking to people in New England, um, even though he has only played and coached for Bill Belichick in his career, my understanding is his development of the culture, the way he builds relationships in the building, uh, the way he sees modern football, honestly, is all very different than Bill Belichick. So, yes, a Patriot, but it seems, in, from what I'm hearing, the Patriot way is kind of going away, and Gerard Mayo expected to do things his way. I think there's some people from the outside that, that see how quickly the Patriots were able to hire Gerard Mayo, and they're like, wait a second, I thought you had to go through a whole process. Is this because yeah. that th this contract already existed in some form or fashion? How, I guess, how are they able to so quickly not have to go through a process of, of hiring someone? 
Yeah, it's totally the way the contracts were laid out, and that was um, that was relayed and okayed by the NFL prior to all of this. Uh, so everybody, everything was kind of above board. I mean, people were wondering, like, well, why can't you know Antonio Pierce just like walk right into that job with the Raiders? It, it wasn't orchestrated and laid out to that prior, um, and that's where things were allowed to happen. And Bill Belichick is gone. And that was the other part. Like, you know, he's no longer part of the organization. They mutually part ways, and then they're in lockstep and in line. And this was all above board again with with the NFL. So it was all put in place prior uh, to Bill Belichick's departure. That's how it was allowed. When you look at the game this weekend, we can start with the Chiefs Dolphins since that's the one that matters here. We look at Miami's injuries as something that we're not sure they have any chance at overcoming, especially because they've got even more offensive players. We don't know whether or not they will be available. I got to be honest, the cold weather doesn't seem like that would help players stay healthy throughout a game either. How much are the injuries for Miami going to be a, you know, a detriment to them this weekend? A ton. I mean, I'm sitting in the in the parking lot at Arrowhead right now, guys. We're going to go live on NFL Network pretty soon. Outside, here. you're going to stand um, outside for that. Good luck. <laughs> I, well, I'm, I'm in the car right now. I'm going to tell you that I'll be in here as much as I can before I get out there. But it's a balmy, you know, what are we? Twelve today, yeah, right yeah. now? Thirteen? Nothing. I might do this without a coat or a hat compared to tomorrow. But no, I, I do think talking to people on both teams, the, the weather, as much as you know, and you're going to do this as a player. Let's say this first. You're going to say. You know, we're all going to go out there and have to deal with it. We're all going to play. We're going to line up and play. It's football. Talking to people kind of off the record with both organizations, this weather is going to impact the game. It's going to impact the play. It's going to impact injuries. It's going to impact probably how players play throughout the game. Um, It's going to impact the way this game is played. And if you're already going in banged up, I, I mean, I'm no doctor, but I would assume the temperature and things like that don't exactly help you in any stretch. On defense, they're, they're just so banged up. It's, I, I talked to Melvin Ingram yesterday, and I was like, man, this is a bunch of your buddies from, like, the Pro Bowl in 2014, like Justin Houston and Bruce Irvin. And it's, it's just wild who they've had to bring in and play. And both their safeties are questionable. And, and the, you know, Jerome Baker, who calls their defense, is out. Like, I will say this, though. If there's any defensive coordinator that gives Pat problems, it's Lou Anarimo and Vic Fangio. I know Fangio hasn't gotten over the hump. He's had terrible offenses a lot of the times in Denver that he faced Patrick Mahomes. But they're, those are the, probably the two most respected guys in Pat's eyes in terms of playing defense. And I think we still saw in Week 18 an extremely hot team in the Buffalo Bills still needed a 90-plus-yard punt return and a late touchdown to win that game. And so I think his defense still actually played pretty well. In that game, I expect them to still play pretty well in this game. But the injuries are just they're, – they're just monumental for, for this Dolphins team. And I think it just makes it so much more difficult. I will say this, talking to people in Miami, they are going to throw the kitchen sink at the Kansas City Chiefs because they are coming into this game kind of feeling like, you know, they're bruised and beaten and they got nothing to lose. I was going to say that last part. You said nothing to lose. I'm, I'm imagining they're, they're going to play that guy. Nobody thinks we have any chance to go to negative 20-degree yep. wind chill Kansas City and win this football game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Tua Tungabailoa has played four games under 45 degrees. He's 0-4 in those four games with four touchdowns, four interceptions, and a 55% completion percentage. He's from Hawaii. He played at Alabama. He's playing in South Beach. Like, I I mean, I know know everybody's built the same body-wise. We all are, you know, flesh and bone. But but it, it does impact how you play with certain players. And I think Patrick has shown that he's become a really good cold weather player. Um, I do think the wind 
is one of the things that will impact this game. I will say this. Raheem Mozart is, is pretty close to being pretty decently healthy. And we know the way A-Chain runs the ball. Like, they are going to run the ball, and they're very good. We know the way Mike McDaniel schemes things up, and everybody loves the sexy pass plays. He is a brilliant run designer. Um, and I do think they are going to obviously – both teams focus on the run. Miami can run the ball, but I do think the term like Rocky back to your question has been kind of thrown at me a little bit talking to people in Miami, like, you know, we're just kind of like all cut up and, and bruised and, and we're just going to try to have the mentality. We're not going to get knocked down. How dangerous do you think the chiefs are this postseason run? I think a lot of people have some decent confidence in them in this first game, but we know they'd be underdogs if it went to seeding anywhere else at Buffalo or against the Ravens. We ourselves were looking at the playoff records against this. Miami's one in five against playoff teams. Chiefs are one in four. The Bills and the Ravens are significantly better in those games. How how serious or how tough of an out will Kansas City be at any point this postseason run in your mind? You know, I, I look at postseason experience probably maybe I weigh it heavier than some other people do. Um, I just think what, what Patrick's been through and what Andy has been through and what a lot of this locker room has been through and honestly, the season they've been through um, actually may prepare them a little bit. Like, I, I do think going through what they've gone through and getting through games before is an advantage. I, I really do. Um, I, we're looking at, you know, the Ravens as the, the cream of the crop in the AFC, and they've earned that, that right right now with the way they've played during the regular season. We remember what happened the last time they played this well, and they had a bye, and Lamar was the MVP, and they lost in the divisional round to the Titans, I believe it was. Yeah. And the Titans ended up coming to Arrowhead. And so I do think there's part of that. I'm curious if the Chiefs have, have used this mini-buy that they had where a lot of people in the building were able to just kind of focus on the postseason and realize what they did in that game against Cincinnati in Week 17 where they simplified things pre-snap, where they focused on making sure they ran the football, focused on offensive efficiency, and made sure they understood how good their defense was. That we've seen this, and I hate to make the comparison, but everybody does, We've seen this with Brady in the past, right? And we know how much Patrick thinks of Tom Brady um, to where things haven't been great throughout the year. And then when the postseason comes around, there's just an extra, I don't know, gene spot in his DNA, just finding ways to win. I think a lot of people are looking at Mahomes this postseason to see if that kind of uh, rears its head because I do believe he has the same gene. He has the same makeup. And I think that's kind of one of the fun parts about following the Chiefs in the postseason because right now they're an underdog, which hasn't been the case with Mahomes as the quarterback. But I think we're all trying to see when the, the deck stacked against him what Patrick does. And I think that's, that's going to be a fun part about following them throughout the postseason. We're talking to James Palmer, NFL Network reporter. I got to ask you before we let you go, just on the other side of the Belichick New England angle, where, where do you think he ends up? We, we know he still, by all accounts, wants to coach next season. Oh, he definitely wants to coach. And there's a number out there that everybody is well aware of. And Bill probably has it tacked. Well, now he wouldn't do this. I was going to say like <laughs> tacked up in his like, office, but there's no way Bill would do that. It's 15. Yeah, 15 wins gets him past Shula and he's the all-time winningest coach. And uh, that's a big carrot out in front of him. But I also had a, a production meeting with him doing a game uh, on Christmas Eve between the, uh, the Patriots and the Broncos that I was part of the broadcast and sitting in the production meeting there. I'll tell you this, there is no slowdown in Bill Belichick by any stretch. I remember Kurt Warner sitting in that meeting with us, asked him what he, you know, what he still love about coaching. And he was everything, the day-to-day, -day, the film, the prep, the scheme, the last-minute adjustments, all of it. I just love it all. And I think he still has that drive. And I think Atlanta has done a boatload of, of work on him over the last several weeks. Um, 
one aspect of that is Terry Fontenot still there as the GM, and we know how much Bill likes to have control uh, and has had it in New England for some time. He's open to working with other people, obviously, but how does that play into it? But that, that's, that, that's one that I see really high up there. I see the Chargers as one. I see, honestly, guys, and this sounds crazy, if Mike McCarthy loses to the Packers, his former team, in a, team, in a season where he won 12 games again, and Jerry Jones is getting older, and Dan Quinn's probably out of the building, you would guess maybe Seattle. Does he make a swing for Bill Belichick? The two have known each other for a long time, and he has tremendous respect for Bill. Um, that's one, if, if the Cowboys go out and embarrass themselves this weekend, if there's any owner that would make <laughs> that move, <laughs> it's, it's Jerry. And I think he'd be picking up the phone pretty quickly. But, you know, I just laid out a couple options. What we would rule out probably when I mentioned how close he is to the record, like a place like Carolina that just has just a full rebuild uh, and has probably has some, some things that they need to figure out. Tennessee, same thing. Like, I, I think that's why you look at the Chargers if something happens in Dallas. Atlanta's actually just a quarterback away, and they have cap room, and they have assets, and they have the number eight pick. So I, I think those are ones I'm definitely I'm definitely keep an eye on uh, most of all those three. Yeah, Jerry Jones. Yeah, we we know he just hates to make a big splash and draw attention, you know. So I'm sure he, he would does just not never like <laughs> headlines, guys. Does not like headlines. Does not like attention. But like, isn't that almost fitting? Honestly, I mean that that Mike's also playing the Packers and a red hot Jordan Love. It's fascinating. I love this weekend. Oh no, it's the best. James Palmer, appreciate the time as always. Stay warm out there uh, today and tomorrow. I'm doing my best, but I make no promises. <laughs> there you go. James Palmer, NFL Network reporter. You can catch him on NFL Network's game day morning tomorrow at 11 a.m. That you're, you're starting to hear more. Nobody's saying for sure, but more like, hey, you know, this whole Dallas thing. I, I still don't believe it. One, I think, for me, be clear. One, I think the Cowboys do beat the Packers. So that, to me, also alleviates the, the, that, yeah. the disaster. But the speculation would be just incredible. Juicy. And imagining Jerry Jones desperate at his age and says, you know what? And makes a huge swing. How often hires. is a guy like uh, the greatest, most successful coach of all time available uh, to me? I get, I, I still like what percentage would you guys give heading into wildcard weekend that that scenario plays itself out? Because if Mike McCarthy Five. got fired, uh, I think the chargers or somebody would hire him immediately. Yeah. It, it's basically to me, you're asking how likely do you think it is? They lose to the Packers. And then on top of that, there still is like, would he really do that? Dude just won the NFC East and all that 40% chance. They 35%, whatever chance they lose to the Packers. They're not like a huge favorite. They're a favorite, yeah, but, like in my, point favorite right but in now. my mind, they definitely can lose that game. Yeah. So I don't know, 35% chance they lose to them. And then I got to factor in the percentage chance. If they did lose it, he'd actually pull the trigger. I think maybe one in seven. That's like, it's a 5%, yeah, you know, good solid 5% chance. I just, I can't say zero because it is Jerry Jones. Okay. If there was a coach or a GM owner that would do it, he's the, he's the guy that would do it. Yeah. It's, it's less than five for me. Cause I also think at home, Dallas is just a different team. So yeah. I, I just feel pretty confident about them winning. I don't know about covering the seven, but winning, but boy, oh boy, if if Mike McCarthy were to lay an egg, oh, the noise would be yeah. loud. Yeah. Loud. Thanks to James Palmer. Great insight as always talking about the Chiefs and Dolphins as well, where, yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're the Dolphins, it is like you truly have nothing to lose. Everybody is saying you're screwed because you're playing in cold Kansas City. Yep. <laughs> and because you're hurt and because yeah. you two has never played in a postseason game. That's the other thing we've never even factored into this. This is Tua's ever first postseason start. And I'm assuming that in Tua's first ever postseason start, he's going to come into Kansas City in minus 30-degree windchill 
and beat Patrick Mahomes, one of the most successful playoff quarterbacks of all time, the story doesn't add up, right? Like it doesn't, some part of this is wrong. It's like the diehard villain winning. It doesn't make sense. That's not how this is supposed to go. That's the part I can't get over for the Chiefs game. What about the rest of the games this week? And we can get to Tyree Kill's comments a little bit later on. He he was talking a little bit this uh, this week, and it's it's funny anytime we hear from Tyree Kill. But the first game, actually, for for this entire Browns Texans is one of the most interesting ones of the weekend for me. Browns Texans, where the Texans are are two and a half point underdogs, and yeah, it's it's the CJ Stroud angle that makes this fascinating. Yeah, Joe Flacco, and could he end up going to Baltimore the next week? That that's cool, but. I just want CJ Stroud. We know he's a rookie. He doesn't look like a rookie. He doesn't have tank down anymore, but they found a way to win last week. D'Amico Ryan's already showing he's a legit head coach and could be the coach of the year this year. I wonder against that defense because CJ Stroud played one of their defense that I think is comparable this year. Yeah. And it was the New York jets. And we know the jets as a football team stink, but their defense is, is legit. It's good. And what happened in that game, the, the jets and Texans game, the Jets won 30 to 6. CJ Stroud was held to 91 yards passing. He was 10 of 23. I want to see what Cleet can they shut CJ Stroud down enough to give Joe Flacco a chance. I think this is going to be a, a very, very close game. I actually think it's going to be higher scoring, though, than people think. That's the thing to remember about Cleveland's defense. It is very good, and I think people put it up there with Kansas City's not unfairly gold, but. They are capable of just like giving up 35 for no reason. Cleveland's defense. The one thing is I watched these two teams play like Christmas Eve. They didn't play that long ago with the same set of circumstances, except, oh, just one big thing. There was no CJ Stroud. Davis Mills started that game. It was Flacco and he threw for a bunch of yards. It was Jerome Ford. Amari Cooper absolutely eviscerated them in that game. So some of those problems, but I think this game is close. I honestly think this is the biggest coin flip of the entire weekend. I would be the least surprised if either of these teams won than any game. I am the least confident in choosing this winner. I'll take the Browns because I think they've surprised some teams this year, and they have found a lot of ways to win. Their roster is better than you would expect for that. But this is, to me, the biggest coin flip of the entire weekend. It's that game. Yeah, it is one of the tougher ones to figure out. Then you have the Bills uh, and Steelers. That's not till Sunday at noon our time. A little bit of movement on this game. The, the Steelers had been 10-point underdogs for the whole week. Just saw it change since we got on the air today. It's down to 9.5. I think some of that has to do with the, with the continued weather reports Probably. in Buffalo with you know maybe 40-plus miles per hour. This game, right? Let's not get carried away. I, I do think the Bills play, win this game. The question is just how tight does it get? Is it a scenario where... You know, at halftime, it's it's six nothing Bills, seven nothing Bills, and we're like, okay, kind of interesting. But do you really think Mason Rudolph can? Mason can, Rudolph, the win. So it's weird because uh. Josh Allen has a ridiculous arm, right? Maybe the strongest arm, if not the strongest arm in football. And so, if there's anybody that can throw through the wind, it's him. But also, it still limits him, right? And doesn't that favor the Steelers? But there's no T.J. Watt, man. There's no T.J. Watt who is usually the best player, if not the second best player on the field when he's out there. And that that's the challenge here. The total keeps going down, by the way, 34 and a half now for Steelers bills. Yeah. I, I think the bills are winning this game. It's just whether or not are we sitting there at home? Hopefully after the chiefs have already won the night before. And are we sitting there and it's the third quarter and it's a one possession game and we're all still holding out hope. Yes, because it, that's right? every Steelers game ever. It's, you know, it just is, I don't know for whatever reason or not, that's they've made an entire history of that. I would bet the Steelers to cover, but yeah, the Bills are winning. I'm not gonna. I don't have to get too far down the road. It's Mason. Like I'll tell you right now, 
We talked about like McCarthy getting fired at the Packers. Let Sean McDermott go if he loses this. <laughs> they get all the way to the number two seed just to end up losing to Mason Rudolph in the playoffs. That, that fireable offense. Just move on. Find a different guy. Mike Vrabel's available. There's other head coaches. This is one of the greatest head coaching cycles maybe ever available of coaches. You know, look, if you're losing to the Steelers, then walk. Yeah, I think Just the Steelers walk. probably keep it close uh, for much of the game, but to the point, but still where we not, we don't really actually think they can win. <laughs> That's where it's at. And then we mentioned the Cowboys-Packers game already a little bit when we were discussing Mike McCarthy. Packers. I, we both think the Packers or the Cowboys are winning. I but the Packers are playing really well. They are. Jordan Love has shown that he's going to be their franchise quarterback. They got a bunch of talented young wide receivers. They have healthy running backs in this game. I just think Dallas, truly, it was so massive for them to get the two seed. They are so different at home. Like We mentioned the, the scoring differential for the Dolphins against playoff teams, how it's like negative 91. The Cowboys, I don't have the exact number, but it is outrageous the the amount of scoring uh, differential at home compared on the yeah. road and what they're able to do. Completely different team offensively, defensively. I, I do think Dallas wins. Then the Sunday night game might be the best game of the weekend when you consider all the storylines. Well, lines. I know you're rooting for. What do you actually think is going to happen is so, the question. I, I have the Rams plus three, and yes, I am rooting for Matthew Stafford to go into Detroit and get the win. And I do think that's going to happen because I think it's going to be a close game, Cody, between Goff and Stafford and McVay and Dan Campbell. And as much as Dan Campbell has shown he's a legit head coach in this league and he's going to get an extension, I'm sure, after this season. If it's a close game, and I think it will be, who do I trust late? Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford, who, by the way, is playing at a very high level right now, or Jared Goff, Jared Goff and Dan Campbell, not a ton of experience still. A lot of nervous energy starts to happen if it's close yeah. late. Give me the Rams. That's my upset of the weekend, by the way. I feel bad. I'm not rooting for this, but I also think the Rams are going to win. Okay. I, you know, going back to what James Palmer said, I also wait playoff experience. Stafford has shown up in these games. Goff has made it to a Super Bowl. I'm not saying he's never played in this situation, but the Rams are playing just as good as the Lions. And God, for the first home playoff game, the nervous energy that will exist in that building if anything goes negative. The biggest problem I have right here is the Lions secondary struggled this year, and they got to go up against Nakua and Cup. Like, they just, that's a. Well, Sam Laporta hasn't been ruled out, but that, on the flip side, the same thing where it's like the Rams may not have to worry about the middle of the field as much on their side if Sam Laporta is not going and signs are pointing towards him not playing. He just hasn't been officially ruled out. And then Monday night, we mentioned uh, the ticket prices for this game, but the Bucs, winners of the NFC South, they are three-point home underdogs against the Eagles, who look like they're a mess right now. Jalen Hurts hasn't thrown a football all week. A.J. Brown was a little banged up. This Devontae is when you're Smith. supposed to just hammer the Bucs. Uh, uh, right? So I'm on the opposite side. I know. Because everybody's looking at it, and they're like, oh, this is, this is the upset of the weekend. Everything's wrong. Yeah. No A.J. Brown, no is, Hertz isn't yeah. practicing. I, I love the Eagles in this spot. I actually do. This, Maybe I, bet, I bet the Eagles at minus two and a half earlier in the week. Um, so I got a little bit better number than what it's at now. I, I really love it. A lot of it is because of where the public sentiment is about the Eagles. And it's like, let's not forget the Bucks have a, 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 you know, a banged up Baker. He's still a little, got an ankle problem from last week. And they scored nine points against the Panthers. Look, the Eagles looked horrific last weekend. But really the bad. Panthers scored nine against Carolina. They're not a juggernaut to where I can just write off the Eagles who still have way more talent on the roster. So yeah, I will take the road favorite in this spot, Philly. Like the Bucks' best wins this season are just against their division and their divisions stinks. Those are the best wins. Like, Oh, look at us. We got a dub against the saints and probably the Packers middle of December when they were really fighting for their playoff life. Because they've done a nice job in some of those, I, 
I'll take the Bucks. Okay. I don't. I'm not as I'm not as gung ho as the people that are betting the other side of it, like you're talking about. Honestly, I'd probably just stay away from the line at all if we're just talking about like a betting perspective. Yeah. But in the game itself, I feel like this is a real pet's heads are falling off, and they're just due for an early playoff exit. Maybe that early playoff exit comes next in the divisional weekend. round. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm definitely not picking them to win next weekend. No, no, no. no. But they are as much as Miami is. I mean, they might be missing their best wide receiver, their quarterback hasn't practiced. How's it going to affect his throwing? And Sirianni, since he started talking a lot more at Arrowhead, it's gone south in a hurry. This team was the number one seed in the playoffs 12 full weeks through the NFL slate and is the five seed. I just think their season fell apart. This feels like how you finish a season falling apart. Yeah, I think this could be a high-scoring game because on the flip side, we know how bad the Eagles' defense is, despite everything I said. And the, the Bucks have, you know, Godwin and Evans, who I think will have opportunities there and are going to present matchup nightmares for for uh, for the uh, for the Eagles. But Cody, I, I just sometimes when everybody starts to just completely demolish a, a team that still has talent like Philadelphia, we forget the opponent they're playing. So that's all, that's yeah. the reason why I'm I'm going with uh, with Tampa. I can't wait for Super Wild Card Weekend. It's going to be fantastic. Coming up next, though, we're going to get right back into the Chiefs with our guy Pete Sweeney, our Chiefs insider from Arrowhead Pride. We'll ask him the latest with some of the injuries heading into practice today and. Uh, what his plan is for the elements tomorrow at Arrowhead. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.